0: John Jensen remembers exactly when he realized Lake Michigan was about to change. It was this September day in 1990. John is a fisheries biologist at the University of Wisconsin in Milwaukee, and he was diving in the lake looking for sculpin, this ugly little fish with big lips that likes to hide under rocks.
1: I wasn't paying much to anything else. It was my dive partner that suddenly grabbed me and pointed out that first zebra mussel. And I actually... I just lay on the bottom for like five minutes trying to imagine what the lake was going to look like in a year.
0: Those little mussels John saw, zebra mussels, had already invaded Lake Erie, so he knew what was coming. Still, diving in the lake the next spring was a shock.
1: The next May it was like, this is a totally different lake.
0: Before, the lake was murky. It was easy to lose sight of your dive partner from just a couple feet away. Then suddenly, the water was clear. John could see the bottom 20 feet below. And it wasn't just the water that changed. Mussels completely upended the food web in the Great Lakes. That's according to new research from this year. So today on Points North, how mussels took control of the Great Lakes. I'm Lexi Krupp. Back in the 90s, the shallow waters where John was diving had transformed. Further out, though, the lake was still murky.
1: There wasn't really a noticeable difference 10 miles offshore in the water quality.
0: It wasn't until the early 2000s when these other mussels made their way to Lake Michigan, quagga mussels.
1: That just, yeah, then the whole lake became really, really clear.
0: While zebra mussels tend to stick to hard surfaces in shallow waters, quagga mussels have spread across the entire lake bed they formed this enormous carpet that's hard to comprehend.
1: It would be like as if somebody deforested the lower peninsula of Michigan and replaced it with some invasive plant, where it just utterly changed the way that habitat looked.
0: Dave Strayer is a freshwater ecologist in Ann Arbor and a scientist emeritus at the Cary Institute of Ecosystem Studies. He says the actual number of mussels on the lake bed is mind-boggling. There are more of these creatures in Lake Michigan than stars in the Milky Way. And they're all slurping up the water and taking out food that other creatures in the lake rely on, phytoplankton. And that's the base of the food web for the lakes. So in that way, they're
1: creating a bit of an ecological desert for the other organisms
0: that depend on that phytoplankton. Ashley Elgin is an ecologist at NOAA's Great Lakes Environmental Research Laboratory in Muskegon. And these trillions and trillions of mussels are also hogging a key ingredient for life underwater, phosphorus. It's the stuff in fertilizers that algae like so much. In the past, it was people that determined how much of this chemical headed into the Great Lakes.
1: Now there is something else controlling the phosphorus cycle, and that's the mussel.
0: Ted Ozersky is a biologist at the University of Minnesota. He's part of a team that calculated just how much mussels affect the flow of nutrients in the Great Lakes. And even he was surprised.
1: It turns out that the mussels themselves contain about as much phosphorus as there is in the entire lake.
0: And while there's less food and nutrients for little bugs and baby fish, mussels continue to thrive. From what we can tell, in deep areas of Lake Michigan and Lake Huron, quagga mussels are incredibly still expanding. The populations are are growing more slowly, but they are continuing to grow. One thing researchers have noticed, though, is that most of these mussels are pretty big. There aren't as many small, younger animals in the mix. So if that trend continues... It could very well be on the edge of a drop-off.
1: But we're just just still waiting.
0: We keep collecting data and saying, has it happened yet? No? Okay. We'll keep keep looking. But so far, there's no sign of any decline in the quagga mussels of Lake Michigan. That's This Week for Points North. This episode was produced by me, Lexi Krupp, and edited by Peter Payette. Music from Gray Leaf Willow by Blue Dot Sessions. And we're taking a break for the next few weeks. We'll be back in April.